Welcome to the Making Jobs Podcast, where we talk about car repair, business ownership, and everything in between. I'm your host, Matt Hernandez, founder and owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. And I'm your co-host, Tyler Schultz, with Witness Security. So without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Welcome back, job makers. Hey. Hey, yo. We have returned. It's been a bit. Um, it feels like it. For us, yeah. According to the the list of video or videos, the list of uh, podcasts, we've been here all along. Yeah, as far as the listeners are concerned. <clears throat> a little out of sorts. Yeah. From the way we actually recorded them, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, and also, <laughs> you, you could tell it's been a while because whenever I, we got down, we got ready to record and had no audio in our headphones. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? It's because I forgot to pl- you know, get the cord out that plugs from the mixer into the, <laughs> the headphone. That's uh, interesting. So it, I was a little out of practice. But, you know, of, of all the things, if I only forgot one thing on the setup, that's not bad, I think. No. I mean, we don't really need to hear ourselves. Yeah, no. I mean, I can hear you. I mean, it's helpful because that lets me know if I'm getting too far away from the mic or if I'm getting there. See, like that. Yeah. I, I don't really do that, though. No, you don't pay attention to your own voice at all. No. Nope. <laughs> I'm constantly having to point and be like, hey, Mike, get your mic closer to you. Where's Mike? Yeah. So you'll just Who's be. Mike? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, sometimes I'll look over and because uh, I'll be like looking away from you and I hear you're getting distant. And I look over, and the mic's, like, at your forehead. Like, it's pointing at your forehead, and you're, like, talking to the bottom of the mic. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Anyways, it's been uh, it's been interesting the last couple of weeks, because I've been... At least it's not a, a dick to my forehead. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> it's been... <laughs> well, so uh, last week, I think it was... Uh, or yeah, it was. I don't know. It's been chaotic back at the at the homestead. I was gonna say it wasn't me. I was I was ready to rarely get on yeah. in here. Yeah. If it, it did, I did I tell you I had uh, sewage problems. Yeah. Yeah. It was unfortunate that I you said you had a lot of fun. Yeah. It was unfortunate that I fixed it so quickly because otherwise I could have had you come out and give me a hand and repay that life debt. Um, yeah. I'm... I'm honestly glad that I, I somehow missed that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I ended up having to go into my septic pond, so that was uh, that was interesting. I never thought like Did you I wait in. I mean, I went like like uh, like calf deep, and uh, mm. yeah, and I had had a leak in my boots prior to that um, that I had just patched with Flex Seal. And it had just got done drying that day, and so my first test to see if the if the seal held. Yeah, I think I had a, I <laughs> the stepped stakes, into a bucket of water. The or stakes were high, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And you know what's crazy is like a day or two later, that seal didn't hold, and I discovered that whenever launching the boat. So, um, so uh, I'm glad that it held at least the first day. Uh, after fixing it, because the stakes were awfully high. Now, granted, at that point, because I had such a, a tremendous clog in my sewage system, I, did, I didn't really have any sewage going into my septic pond, so what water was in there was rainwater. But it's just, you know, it, it's the thought of it, you know? <laughs> I wouldn't want to be working on a sewage pipe, standing in water, and having, like, a, a boot full of water, just just knowing... 
you know, that it's a septic pond. But now my pond actually does have some septic going into it. So, um, <clears throat> and you know, whenever I got that house, I looked, you know, I, I saw that it has septic pond and I was like, you know, there's going to be a time in my future that I will probably have to be in that pond doing some repairs of some kind. I just didn't know it was going to be so soon. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. When we, every time I've been out there, I've looked at that and gone, man, that's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there's so many trees in it, too. And I was like, that's a recipe. Like, there's for sure going to be roots in my septic, in my uh, sewage uh, pipe at some point. That's exactly what was going through my mind whenever I saw it. I'm going, that's going to suck. Yeah. Well, so what I've and done... for some reason, I also had the mindset... Somehow, I'm going to get roped into that. <laughs> yeah. He's going to call. He's going to call upon the time that yeah. he worked on mine. Yep. Yeah. Well, so I, I eliminated a lot of the pipe um, and shortened it up because it didn't need... There's no reason for that pipe to run all the way to the center of the pond. No. I don't know. I, I don't know why. I mean, that's just more seams and areas for roots to get into. Mm-hmm. So I, I shortened it up, and uh, I pulled like 10 feet of roots out of that thing. Like, I'm not kidding. 10 feet, and it's solid, shape of a four-inch sewage pipe. Just, I pulled, and it just kept coming. I just kept more, uh, like, I pulled like three feet out, and I'm like, this can't, it can't keep going, can it? Right. And I keep pulling, and I keep pulling, and no water is really trickling out or anything, and I'm like... How on earth? And I'm and I'm thinking at this point because I didn't really have any water trickling out. I'm thinking, well, there must be another clog, you know, further up the line. But then, you know, about ten feet or so in, I pull it out, and then, you know, it's a, a rush of some wonderful smelling fluids coming out of the <laughs> pipe. <laughs> and um, it was about that time. Uh, as I had done that, I was I was looking down, and you know, I'm yanking, and it finally gives, and my sunglasses, my shady rays fell off the top of my head. <clears throat> and you lost another pair? No, I did not. They were there. I, I retrieved them. And I, and I, so, so my wife knew I was working on the sewage pond or on the, the sewage problem. She didn't know I had gone into it or anything or exactly what I was doing. And uh, after I had fixed everything up and I, you know, uh, cut cut the pipe to give it, yeah, it so my my reciprocating saw got to do a pretty crappy job <laughs> and uh i've done that with one of mine <clears throat> yeah it's it's the worst because you're like you're sawing and you, there's so much vibration so there's just sewage water just flying everywhere right? so nasty. <laughs> and i was like oh um still i'm not a hundred percent convinced that i can touch my reciprocating saw without uh going and washing my hands afterwards <laughs> Um, and so, so I, I get, you know, it's just, it's a mess. Everything's flying everywhere. And I've got, uh, and and that was a time when I could have really used my glasses, um, because I would have liked to have them on my face. So when that water's flying up, it doesn't get into my eyes Mm -hmm. and water's flying. Like, like I've got flex on my face, right? And as, as the water's flying, like I'm squinting my eyes because I'm like not wanting the water into my eyes. (laughs) So I finish up, I get it all, I get it all squared away, and uh, I go back up to the house, and I, you know, I walk into the house, and uh, and I I told my wife I said I need a shower, 
and I need these sunglasses clean, please. <laughs> she's, she's like, I'm assuming they somehow got poop on them. And I'm like, you are assuming correctly. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't sound like a good time at all. No, not really. But fortunately, it was much less labor intensive than your situation where there was a, a ball of roots every like 10 feet for like 70 feet of your sewage pipe. I don't miss that day in the least bit. No, I still get tired sometimes thinking about it. Um, <clears throat> and on occasion, like if I think too hard about the, uh, the, the one time that because we, we had got so lucky so many times cutting on the dry side of the pipe to clear the blockage. And then just that one time we cut on the, on the wrong side and, and it, the hole just immediately filled with just filthy, filthy sewage and there's corn floating in there. And it's like, if I think too much about it, I, I'll so, gag. So, um, the other day <coughs> I fed the, I think it was either Sunday night or Monday night. I, I want to say it was Sunday night. Mm-hmm. I fed the dogs, or actually, I, Rachel asked, what do we want to do with this leftover chicken, rice, and corn? And I was like, well, I mean, there's rice in most dog foods. Like, it's a mixture into the dog food. You texted me that on Monday night, so... So, yeah, it had to have been a Sunday night that I, yeah. we had. So, I get home from work on Monday night... And I'm in the garage. I am not in the house yet. I'm in the garage. Mm -hmm. And I smell poop. And I'm going, man, did we not get some of the poop cleaned up? So I'm looking around. I mean, a while ago. And when I say a while ago, a long while ago, uh, Bella pooped in the garage. Well, it was while I was doing, uh, while I was working in Lawton. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Was, good. good. Four, five, maybe yeah. six or seven weeks ago. It was a good while ago. So I'm thinking, man, I don't remember it smelling like this this morning. Then I get into the laundry room. And the smell got a lot stronger. To the point I'm starting to wonder, do I want to take the uh, next <laughs> step and go inside? Or just light a match and be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got insurance. <laughs> So I step into the house. Holy cow. The smell in that house was unreal. <clears throat> the dogs, because it's been colder, we've been putting them in the uh, in the crate. Mm -hmm. Now, according to a few of my liberal cousins, they uh, say that if you leave a dog outside, you're an a-hole. I mean... They're animals. They have dogs. Fur. Dogs, especially dogs like Bella. Now Mulan. Yeah, she's, she's small. She she's could small. actually get she cold. She actually could die because of the cold. Yeah, but I welcome the idea. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but Bella, I mean, she is of the wolf kingdom. So is Mulan, supposedly. Yeah, but. I don't know. She's more of the rat kingdom. Yeah, I think she um, descended from rats. Anyways. She, um, she's, she shares the same ancestors as my wife's chihuahua. <laughs> so, Bella, she is of the wolf kingdom. Yeah. They, 
originate from cold areas. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, so, like, domesticated breeds, like, they're, they're not, it's not the same as a straight up wolf, but they've got, they can do well. Now, I will say, outside. it was really funny. <clears throat> when we had one of our first cold days, mm-hmm. the first cold snap mm-hmm. that we had, we put Bella and Milan outside, and Bella, man, as soon as that cold hit her face, she was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to fight to come back in. And it's like, get out there. I tossed her out <laughs> into the yard. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she did not like it. Yeah. But my, my liberal cousins seem to think that if you put <coughs> leave a dog outside when it's cold, you're an asshole. And I say to them, no. <coughs> because wolves come from Alaska yeah. and some, Canada. Some dogs prefer to be outside. You ever <clears throat> seen a Great Pyrenees? Yeah, they're they're the no. big white fluffy dogs. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they're cattle. That what they are bred for and what they've been used historically for is uh. For some reason, I thought you were talking about the uh, Irish wolfhound. N- no, no. And I have seen one yeah. of those, and they are impressively huge. Great Pyrenees are a really big breed as well. Um, they are, <clears throat> um, they're used for uh, protecting cattle. You know, they they usually go out and they they spend their time with a cattle herd. Um, and they're, they're fluffy and they're, and they're, they're, they're just made for being outside. Now the summertime, they need some means of keeping cool. Right. A lot of times people will shave them to keep their fur down. And then if they're, if they stay outside, they'll give them little water, uh, sprinklers, uh, like misters or whatever to keep them cool. But in the wintertime, you cannot, like, it's hard to get one of those dogs to come inside sometimes. I mean, I've seen dogs, same with like huskies. Um, mm-hmm. They love being outside in the snow and you can't, you can't yeah. bring them inside. They don't want to be inside where it's hot out there or hot inside the house. To them, 70, 70 degrees is like a sauna, you know, because right. they're wearing a big fur coat. <clears throat> I mean, some dogs, obviously the shorter haired ones, like, um, like, you know, labs and uh and golden retrievers and stuff that they they don't necessarily have a big thick fur coat but they do okay out yeah. in, the, in the cold i mean they're dogs yeah they're not humans yeah i mean ruger he loves like i can't hardly get the dog to come inside um especially if one of the side-by-sides is running he needs to be outside in fact the other morning it was cold uh it was cold enough that he was shivering, but he didn't want to be inside because the the mule, I was using the mule and the mule was running and he's sitting in the seat of the mule next to me and he's shivering, like shivering to the point where his teeth were chattering. <laughs> and that's how I noticed he was shivering because I heard his teeth chatter. I'm like, what the heck was that noise? And I look over at him and he's just shivering, <laughs> but he was having the greatest time. And I'm like, dude, you get, get inside. So like I try to get him back inside. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. He didn't want any of it. So, I mean, uh, <clears throat> have you gotten to sit very much time in the blind? I have um, spent probably. I mean, a, a collective of maybe like fourteen hours or so in the blind over the last couple of weeks. So, not not really a lot of. That sounds like a lot of time, but that's you know not it's really nothing compared to what we normally. Spend. Yeah, that's like six or seven sits in the blind. Um, I've moved uh, my second blind and your blind over to my property. So I have three spots set up 
on my land. And the one that I, where I put your blind is particularly um, targeting pigs and coyotes <clears throat> because the spot that I've got them set up on, there's a feeder there, but I also, anytime I go squirrel hunting, I leave the remains as kind of an offering to the coyotes back there because it's on the far back side of my property. <laughs> Keep them away from my, my livestock. Um, uh, which, by the way, I've been doing some squirrel hunting. So I have been working with Ruger to uh, do some hunting training with him. I haven't got to blood tracking deer just yet, but he is turning out to be a phenomenal squirrel dog. So... Um, I did a little bit of training with him <clears throat> on, um, you know, kind of tracking and treeing squirrels mm-hmm. and he's taken to it like a fish to water. Like he just loves it. Like it's his, he just loves it. Right. So I started cause I didn't in, really intend on using him as a squirrel dog too much, but one day I decide, you know, I'm going to go out and do a little bit of squirrel hunting. So I grab the 12 gauge. I go out. And I'm using your loads because I couldn't find any of my loads, my factory loads, which, by the way, your loads are a little light. Um, they could really, yeah, they they could probably be stepped up a little bit on the charge side of things because if I'm powder side or powder side, yeah, because <clears throat> um, if I'm more than if I'm more than about 15 yards away from a shot, like it it doesn't it doesn't obliterate the, the squirrel. Well, so, you don't want to obliterate it. You well, do it doesn't the kill meat. them. It doesn't kill them right away. Basically, is what I'm getting at. Unless it is, and so, so I shoot. Uh, first off, every time I'm sitting in the blind, there's just it's squirrel, squirrel bonanza. There's a squirrel party all around me, everywhere. Squirrels. I can hear them barking. I can see them running around in the field. And then if I'm walking around the woods with my bow, it's just squirrels everywhere. And I don't want to shoot. Because I, I, I keep in my quiver um, two broadheads and two field points just in case there's, you know, I get a chance. Just because you say that. Have you seen on Archery of Oklahoma, the guys that, uh, there was one guy that um, shot a squirrel and because he hadn't seen anything all day. Mm-hmm. So he decided to shoot a squirrel and he, perfect skewer. Right up the butthole, all the way up to the... <laughs> no, wow, I didn't see that, no. Right up to the uh, the face. Yeah, just get him, put him right over fire pit. He's ready to rotisserie <laughs> at that point. <laughs> well, so I, I'm not a... Given the option, I'm not a huge fan of trying to use my field points to shoot a squirrel because the squirrels are on trees, and my bow is shooting a heavy enough, a heavy enough arrow and heavy enough poundage that if I shoot directly at a tree, it's going to just destroy the arrow. So right. I can... You're going to have fiberglass all in your, yeah. in well, your uh, squirrel. It won't taste very good. Which I'm I'm less concerned with that <laughs> and more concerned with, like, basically, if I release an arrow at a squirrel, I can I can count that that arrow is gone. Um, like, it will just be obliterated when it hits that tree. I mean, arrows aren't really that expensive, so... <clears throat> no, they aren't, but, you know, I, it, it's, it's nice to... Have, it's kind of like, to me right now, arrows are kind of like ammo. It's nice to have a surplus, because you never know what's... <laughs> What's going to be weird in the in the next couple months when ammo runs out, if it's going to be arrows next and you can't buy archery equipment because everyone can't, you know, everyone's run out of, you know, firearms and ammo. So, so I'm walking, I'm walking around the woods with, and I, well, I just case, see squirrels. It's a good thing I got a, uh, a gun for a bow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm walking around and, and I see squirrels everywhere, right? So, the, but every, but, but when I go out with, if I grab the shotgun and I go out, 
it seems like the squirrels have all disappeared. Like they know they're like, Oh, he's coming after us this time. Um, so anyways, I, I, I go out and, um, I've got Eli with me. And so we're looking for squirrel. I see a squirrel, um, but it's in the tree line across the field, across my big field in the back. And so I'm, I, I haul across this field, right. And I get up to it close enough to it. And the squirrel figures out that I'm running towards it and starts getting squirrely. So, um, uh, no pun intended. Very funny. <clears throat> um, so I shoot at it, but I'm still a good, probably 15 ish, 20 yards away. And I was pretty positive I hit it because the way he reacted when I shot and he, cause he was running up the tree and I shoot him and he freaks out, runs around the tree trunk and then down. And then he starts tearing off across, you know, tearing off through the woods. And I can't follow him because there is, there was a barbed wire fence in the woods there that the idiot who owned the place before me put up. Cause it's not even like he didn't go into my neighbor's yard. I just, he, he fenced it off in a stupid spot, which I gotta, I'm going to tear that barbed wire out at some point. So I can't immediately like follow him. And so I lose sight of him. I walked around the area for a little bit, couldn't see him. And I was like, well, maybe I didn't hit him. Maybe, or if I did, he didn't die, you know, immediately. So I go on about my day and like an hour or two later, the kids um, wanted to go play in the woods. So they were playing in the woods. They bring Ruger with, um, with them and he finds the squirrel. So he finds it. The kids are wondering what he's messing around with in the woods. And he picks it up and brings it to them. Um, so, uh, so, which incidentally happened to be at the time that the appraiser was over doing the final inspection on my house. And, uh, <laughs> and we're talking in the driveway. He had just finished the inspection. And, and I'm talking with him in the driveway. And Eli comes running up to the, to the gate, the side gate there between the garage and the house holding the dead squirrel by its tail. And he's like, look what Ruger found. And I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> and the appraiser's probably just sitting there thinking like, these are freaking wild children. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after that, I was like, hmm, he shows some interest in, you know, finding, you know, finding squirrels. And I know that he obviously likes to chase them. So let's see if we can, you know, hone this into an actual usable skill. So I've taken him out now and, um, uh, and he's got it figured out that not only should he tree squirrels, but he should go round them up and bring and herd them to me and chase them to me like a straight up squirrel dog. Um, <clears throat> and so, and the first time that he figured that out, I did not know that he was going to do that. And I, you know, so he treed a squirrel. I shoot at it. Um, he takes off uh, into the woods. And I thought that the gunshot might have startled him. But that's not what it was, is whenever I shot, a bunch of squirrels started run, running around. So he takes off. And, and then that next thing I know, I, you know, I, I whistle for him. And I hear him running towards me. And then up in the trees, like... 10 feet up off the ground. So they're not like at the tops of the trees. There's like five squirrels come running at me in the trees. And I'm like, whoa. And so I wasn't prepared for it. And uh, I let, I let loose like a barrage of gunfire and uh, I only got one of them. <clears throat> but had I been more, um, had I been more prepared and knew that he was going to be running thought, five squirrels I at me. Marines were supposed to be always prepared. <clears throat> well, I didn't, uh, I was not prepared for a, 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 a squirrel assault. Um, but anyhow, so I did get... So what if five ninjas are coming at you? Well, that's a different story. 
Yeah, there are five ninjas. Are you gonna drop all five ninjas with your nine? Oh, probably. And mm. then you know, and then I'll have spare ammo too. <laughs> I'll, I should still have thirteen rounds after that in the in the magazine. <laughs> well, you missed four out of the five squirrels. We're just <clears throat> curious as the listeners here. Also, I would like to point out that again, I'm using relatively light loads. Oh, on these okay. squirrels. So I'm, I mean, not kidding. So so like one of them, uh, one of the squirrels that I had shot, um, the the one out of that five that I had shot, um, he had pellets, you know, that had gone through his torso, right? Mm-hmm. But he also had a pellet that was in his leg, but not in the like it didn't penetrate the skin. It was stuck in the skin. Hmm. So and that that squirrel wasn't that far away. I think the loads were just a little light, is all. I think uh, run a slightly, slightly higher charge on those loads would do some good for squirrel. I mean, they're, they're they'd be perfect for clay pigeons, obviously. I was gonna know. say whenever I used when I was shooting clay pigeons, I was yeah. nailing them. Like yeah, yeah, crazy. The the accuracy is good. Like it's it's got enough velocity to keep a relatively good. Um, to keep the pellets from spreading too much. I, w- I think whenever I did do the clay pigeons, I was competing against uh, uh, the Horton boy who mm-hmm. does uh, the 4-H shooting competitions. Mm-hmm. And he and I were, I was sitting there going, for somebody that's not not ever competed, I'm doing pretty well. Well, it may even be that they're light enough that the spread spreads Further, and it doesn't take much energy to bust a clay pigeon. Um, True. So, <laughs> you might, but I felt you, pretty darn good. Yeah, you might have had an advantage there because you might have had like a yeah, you know, like, <laughs> like a three foot spread. <laughs> so you just point the shotgun in a general direction towards the pigeon, and it'll bust it. Because all it takes is like two or three pellets or something to you know to really bust up those clay pigeons. Um, no, so. Uh, so we've, I've done some squirrel hunting with him and he's doing, he's do he does real well and he, and he doesn't care about gunfire. So I have a feeling Bella will probably be similar. I think, I mean, she's a tat, she's a touch more skittish than he is. I think but. so. But, um, I got a feeling it's been, a, we're having a hard time just getting her scheduled for the, uh, just time wise, uh, getting her scheduled for that, uh, surgery so i may just yeah bring her out and drop her off yeah uh, might have to but i think she i think she'd do all right so uh ruger if i'm if i was you know so we he had a he had a squirrel treed and i shot it and then it climbed around a little bit so i'm going to shoot it again but he'll sit behind me whenever i'm shooting the shotgun and just sit there and wait until i tell him to now then when we start walking through the woods i say all right let's go find some squirrels and then he'll run ahead of me and start looking around and he's and the crazy thing is he's not he's not like looking at the ground he's looking in the trees he's looking up for them smart dog yeah he's figured he's figured it out that that's where the squirrels are hanging out is up there so i think i might be able to turn him into a pretty decent all purpose uh hunting dog and i mean he's already he's already done good blood tracking did i tell you about that raccoon yeah. yeah, he he blood tracked that, albeit it wasn't very Bella, far. Bella, when it comes to, I mean, she likes the game of fetch. <clears throat> she likes, uh, uh, so we'll have squirrels and stuff in the back of the yard, mm-hmm. and she likes chasing them off. So 
I'm sure with a little bit of time, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure dogs have a little bit of a language deal that they they <coughs> traverse back and forth. All right, this is what you do. Uh, so spend a little bit of time with a Ruger. She'll he, probably figure it out. She'll pretty pick quick, it up pretty quick, I think. And and they're and they're naturally like his. You know, retrievers have soft mouths. You know, they they're not so. I mean, because they're they're kind of bred for picking up and re- bringing back animals without tearing them up. And he's he he does a good job of that because he's when you know uh, I shot the squirrel, it drops out of the tree. Well, it hung up there for a second or two, and then blood loss got to it, and it couldn't hang out anymore, <laughs> and it dropped out, and it was so far up that tree. Like, when that squirrel thudded on the ground, it was almost like a, oh, <laughs> like, I almost felt a little bad for it, <laughs> even though he's probably dead before he hit the ground. Um, it was, I mean, so far up. Like, he had to be every bit of 60 feet up in the air. It was one of the really tall pecans. <laughs> he was <laughs> up there, <laughs> and just, and then I just see him, like you could see him kind of getting woozy and then he just falls like just kind of falls away from the tree and i go oh my <laughs> and then thud ruger runs over to go get him and he first pokes them with his nose like like he you know wants to see if they're going to move on him or something and then i said bring me the squirrel and he grabs it he'll he grabs it and he shakes it just a little bit not like a like tear it up kind of a shake just kind of like picks it up and shakes it a little bit i think I don't know. It's like he's checking to, to see if it's it's dead. Yeah, checking to see if it's alive or not. And didn't it brings it over get, to me. Doesn't want to get clawed in the <clears> mouth. <throat> yeah, <laughs> it brings it over to me. No teeth marks or anything in him. I mean, the only the only damage the squirrel had was uh, you know from shotgun pellets and a seventy foot fall. <laughs> but um, no, I think he'll. Uh, I think uh, I think it's going well with with that, and I, I think it shouldn't be too difficult to get him trained up on blood tracking deer, but. Um, and he sit and he, the crazy thing is he's not running around barking at the squirrels. He's being quiet the whole time. So I'm almost thick. I've almost thought about the idea of having him sit in the blind with me, but I may, but not until after I get a deer in the freezer, mm-hmm. because this is what I worry about. I worry about buck of a lifetime walks out in front of me <laughs> and I go to draw back. Ruger sees it and starts barking. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, he can't. He can't sit that high. <clears throat> no, that's what I, that's kind of what I was thinking is like, if he's in the blind, he probably can't see out and see what's going on. And he wouldn't have a problem just sitting there and being quiet, I don't think. So, I, but again, I, I'm going to, I'm going to test this after I, you know, have at least have a, you know, some venison in the freezer before, <laughs> before putting any of that at risk. Um, this weekend is uh, opening for rifle season. I know. Yeah. I know. Hmm. I mean, just a thought. Just a thought. I've got three feeders out on my on my property right now. Just a thought. Three feeders? Yeah. Are the ones that I gave you? No. I, well, I've got mine. My I have a I have a big like hundred like holds like a hundred pounds of feed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, automatic feeder that I've had for years. I just never had a place to use it. I mean, I, I bought it years and years ago in Virginia and I used it as a chicken feeder for a while, an automated chicken feeder. <laughs> and, uh, I may have to, uh, skip church on Sunday morning. <laughs> I've got it set up and then I have two of the, uh, two of the PVC feeders set up. Although on camera, like, I don't know if the animals have figured out that 
the PVC feeder yet. Because mm. the only, the, the, now the coyotes have. Um, let's take a break real quick. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go to break. Here's a word from our sponsors. And we're back from that very abrupt break. Um, Tyler had to go run an errand real quick. Yeah, that's that, what it was. The coffee caught up to him, and he had to go make a deposit. Yep. So, uh, <coughs> other than rigor hunting, uh, squirrels, anything anything new? Uh, yeah, I've changed my strategy again for larger livestock slash grazing animals. And so, for the folks following along at home, my initial thought was goats. Decided against it because I looked at the expense and time involved in making my fencing goat-proof and uh, moved towards the idea of cattle. And I've changed my idea once again, and we're sticking with this one. We've actually got um, some on the way, and that is pigs. I'm going to be raising pigs. It's going to be a pig farm out there. Hmm. <clears throat> and the reason I decided to switch to the idea of pigs is kind of uh, multiple reasons. One, is it just a, a faster return on investment when it comes to pigs and raising them to you sell? Already, you already have pigs on your land. I have some. I have a couple of wild pigs. See, and that, and that's great are, and fine for personal consumption, but but are, aren't pigs? Uh, I mean. Domesticated pigs, mm-hmm. wouldn't they be attracted to the uh, hogs, wild hogs? The boars? Yeah, like, wouldn't I they mean, be... I mean, so here's my here's how I'm raising them. I'm not going to be breeding them. I'm going... So my cousin, Bobby, <clears throat> he has a breeding pair of pigs, and um, his mm-hmm. sow has, you know, two litters of piglets every year. And so I'm just going to be buying his piglets. I'll buy them, and, you know, honestly, by the time that their market weight is about the time that they reach sexual maturity anyways, so they'll, we'll, I'll never really have uh, breeding pigs, breeding age pigs for any real long period of time on my land. So, and I thought about breeding them myself, but then I looked into the, the cost-wise. You break it down by cost, and the cost of feeding two full-size adult pigs year-round Versus just purchasing piglets and never having to actually, I don't have to, I'll never, if I time it right, they'll be small. Like I'm getting, uh, I'm getting four um, in December, December Mm -hmm. 14th is when I'll be getting them. And uh, in the future, I'll be getting more. Um, And I may get some more. I found another pig farm that um, I'll probably pick some up this year from them as well. But I'll be getting them when they're smaller in the winter time so that way i'm not having to feed because right now for instance his pigs uh his 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 board and his sow they eat 10 pounds of feed a day a piece goodness yeah yeah it, because he can't you can't graze them right now because you know the the you know it's winter time and the pasture is not really grazable I mean, so 10 pounds of feed that's <clears throat> Part part of that's going to be leftovers, though, that you're eating. I mean, a little bit, yeah. But, I mean, it's not that he doesn't feed them slop and leftovers either, but he, that's what he's feeding in feed on top of whatever else he, leftovers and stuff he throws mm. at them. I mean, they're big. I mean, because you think about it. So, 
market size of pigs, of most pigs, and the particular breed that I'll be getting them, they get butchered around a year old, and they're about 250 pounds. So are you going to be butchering them yourselves? or? Um, maybe, maybe not. Um, I might like do one or two for, for myself. I might butcher myself, but any that I'll be selling, um, to like, you know, friends or whatever who want to buy a pig and have a bunch of pork, I'll probably have them processed, uh, because then whoever's buying them can kind of choose what, what they want as far as cuts wise. Do they want, you know, do you want sausages? Do you want, uh, bacon? You know, they can, cause I can, a, a processor can more readily be able to do sausages and smoke sausages and bacon and things like that than what I can. Because bacon's not just as simple as cutting the pork belly up and calling it bacon. you got to cure it as well. Sure. <clears throat> so, um, so more likely not be taking them to a processor. So since they'll never, by the time that they reach you know, market size, 250 pounds, they'll be getting butchered. Um, I'm never really going to be ever having to feed them 10 pounds of feed a day. Um, and you know, like a breeding pair like his that are full grown and continue to grow, you know, they're probably 400, 500 pounds a piece. Something like that. I mean, they can get, pigs can get big. I mean, you could have 600 pound pigs and those, some of those large, large breeds. Um, and another thing too is sows can sometimes be a little bit aggressive whenever they have piglets running around. And, uh, last thing you want is a 400 pound aggressive pig, uh, running around <laughs> out there in the back. So I won't have to deal with, won't have to deal with an aggressive mom or an aggressive boar who, you know, it comes, comes breeding time. He's got one thing on his mind. And if, you know, I'm not necessarily a small dude, but me, 200 you know, 20 pounds versus 450 pound horny boar. I, if, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd win that fight very easily without a firearm. <laughs> so. No, no, I'm pretty sure you'd lose. <clears throat> yeah. I, that's kind of my guess at least. I mean, I, I don't know. We could schedule a fight. We'll see what happens. I don't, I don't think it's going to pan out well in my favor. <laughs> so. So we got pigs coming to the ranch, um, which that'll be great. And, uh, and I'm, I'm real, real curious to see how they do. Um, that's another thing about pigs that I kind of, another reason I wanted them is they, they don't just graze on grass. They, they also forage for other things and, and also will eat the less desirable things that cows won't eat. So I can utilize them to clean up some of the, uh, thicker growth parts of my property. Hmm. Um, I mean, goats will do that too, but you know, I don't, I don't have a fence that'll hold water. And, you know, the saying with goats is if your fence can't hold water, it can't hold goats. <clears throat> hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying. Nope. I, I've heard I it. I've heard it a lot. I guess, I guess you gotta be, <laughs> I guess you gotta be on the more, uh, uh, rancher. Yeah. You gotta run in, run in some more hillbilly type circles in order to, <laughs> in order to hear that saying come up once or twice. But yeah, so that's uh, that's coming soon to Pecan Ranch is um, some piglets. Um, they'll they'll be weaned and ready by December fourteenth, and I'm probably going in the next week or two to pick up uh, another set of piglets from uh, a farmer out in the Fort Smith, Arkansas area. So, <clears throat> so my pigs will actually all of my pigs will be coming from Arkansas, hmm. and they'll be growing out here. Which, by the way, um, next year, do you want a pig? I don't know. You want 130 to 150 pounds worth of pork? 
it's another thing too. They're a little bit more manageable size wise, you know, selling a whole pig versus a whole, uh, a whole cow, um, for an individual family, you know, it, you know, you buy a whole cow and you end up with 400 pounds of meat. <clears throat> um, that might be a bit, bit much for the average family, but 130 to 150 pounds of pork is a little bit more manageable and you don't have to go out and buy a freezer specifically for, uh, a, a whole cow that you purchase or whatever. So <clears throat> Tyler's taking a nap. Hey, there he so is. <laughs> can you, uh, just hang them up and, uh, rather than freeze them, just cure them in your garage or something? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I could, if the weather was right. I mean, you gotta have, you gotta have basically refrigerator like temperatures outside in order to hang meat for any period of time if you want to age them. So that's another reason why I think they're most likely going to go to a processor because they're gonna have you know they're gonna have a, a means to hang them and age them for a couple weeks because that's what that's that's where you're gonna get the real high quality, really high grade pork. I mean, I've I've butchered wild pigs before. And, you know, obviously I didn't hang them cause they were, Why not? uh, they were, <laughs> they were shot in the summertime. So, um, or maybe, I don't think it was summer. I think it was like September ish or something like that, but it was July. hot. July. Was it July? I was in Florida and you asked if I wanted to. That's eat. true. Yes. And so, then you found out how hard it was going to be to oh, butcher those beasts. Man, I butchered two of them and it took me like, took me like four and a half hours and it was, and it was hot outside. So it was like exhausting work. Um, and, uh, and see, that's another thing, um, that, you know, I also, you also had to skin them. Pigs are extremely difficult to skin, but typically what you do with domestic pigs, because they have less hair is they scald them. Um, uh, and then they, and then they scrape all the hair off and keep the skin on. Um, you know, most of the time your, your pork cuts have, have skin on them. So, <clears throat> um, and that's another thing a processor will just be able to handle and deal with better because they have the equipment for it. Maybe one of these days I'll get the equipment to handle that in-house, but a lot of that stuff is expensive, particularly a walk-in fridge, freezer. Um, you know, that is that is not cheap to set up, although I have thought of some ways that I could set up, like a, a walk-in fridge area somewhere on the property, like near the carport or something like that. It'd just be quite quite the undertaking. So, um, so we still don't have a um, clearly defined outcome to our election, and that interesting. Yeah, we're what three weeks in almost. Mm -hmm. Do you remember way back when? Whenever way back uh, when? Yeah, when? Uh, you know, way back when. Uh, way back when. A, cer a certain someone predicted this is ex this was exactly how it was going to go. Um, yeah. Remember that? that? Not only that, but yesterday I was at, so first of all, I go to my in-laws yesterday. Mm -hmm. I walk in the door, and the first thing they say, have you been wearing a mask? <laughs> my my, yeah. my mother-in-law's mom asks me, mm -hmm. have you been wearing a mask? No. Have you been around people? Yeah. Are you? You're not worried about this COVID? No. Here's... And I, I found out yesterday mm -hmm. that O positive, supposedly, or O positive or negative, uh, supposedly 
Uh, you can't get it. Well, I'm O positive. <laughs> now um, that doesn't say that I can't be a carrier for it. Yeah, there have been there have been some uh, because so traditionally thought initially when COVID came out, um, like it was like it came out like it was a you know new version of the iPhone or something when it came out <laughs> when it was released, um, uh, came out of the closet. People thought. <laughs> People thought more along the lines that it was a respiratory illness, and it really isn't. There's some real good. There's some real good uh, science that that indicates that it is more a a blood illness. It affects your blood. Now, now there are respiratory uh, side effects of this, and typically it's secondary infections like pneumonia and stuff like that that really are the, the, that are really what is seen as the, um, as the, uh, the most harmful aspect of the, of the disease or the virus. But there's a really good, um, there's really good information, a scientific study that was done on COVID. And obviously not a lot of it has been super confirmed because it's new and they haven't been able to do long, you know, real long-term studies on this yet. But the way that they, the way that scientists are, these scientists are thinking is that it more, it more affects the blood cells. And the problem is it creates leaking blood cells. So your blood cells leak. And, and it particularly, in, in, interestingly enough, in this study, it did show that where the virus tends to enter into the body is typically through the nose. Um, and all those people that are wearing chin diapers? Yeah, everyone... <laughs> Yeah, so which which makes it even more hilarious whenever people are wearing masks and they pull it down over their nose. That's like that's literally like the 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 highway entrance to your body for this disease. It particularly this this virus particularly. I get a kick out of those idiots that. Oh, you need to wear a mask. I actually have a um, guy that uses the same supplier as I do. He uh, he's standing there. He and I are talking. Neither of us ever wear masks. The mm-hmm. whole entire time of this uh, mask mandate crap. Yeah. Uh, they, he, he goes, I have to do these U.S. cellular stores. And this one guy says, uh, as I'm working on the, the security and cameras, he says, sir, you, you need to wear a mask. <clears throat> and she's like, all right, crap. So he goes out to his truck. He gets a stinking mask. He walks back in. And he goes, I feel like Bane the whole time that I'm wearing this stupid thing. <laughs> and he goes, so I'd walk in to the IT closet, and I'm the only one in there. And so I'd take my stinking mask off so I could breathe. And then he puts it back on, he walks back out onto the floor. Every single employee, including the idiot that asked him to put the stinking mask on, has it down under or on their chin. Yeah. Not covering their mouth, not covering their nose, down on their beard or on their chin. Mm-hmm. He goes, okay, so you just asked me to put my mask on and you guys don't need to wear it? Well, we're wearing them. See, we yeah. got them right. Yeah, no. No. Well, here's, the, here's what bothers me a lot about this. is Well, for one, I don't know if you've noticed or not. Um, I don't know if it's the case here in Tulsa, but um, the Walmart in Shakota, they're, they're out of toilet paper. Not not a scrap of toilet paper. It's so, beginning again. Uh, Noah noticed about a month ago at Costco mm-hmm. that uh, toilet paper, and it's all over the news as well, uh, that 
the toilet paper shortage is already happening. I don't understand it. How is it? Okay, so maybe the first time it happened, we could have been like, okay, it was an overreaction. People got silly and it snowballed from there. But this is nine months later. Here we are again, the same stinking. Like, why the toilet paper? Why? (laughs) I don't understand. Why is that the first to go? Okay, again, in the past, that could have maybe been... Like because now, now we see just like jump in the shower and rinse your butt. <laughs> I don't understand why <clears throat> why everyone's going out and snatching up all the toilet paper like it's uh, like that's what's gonna save everyone from like like also that's not like an important thing honestly. Now here's I, I'm a fan of toilet paper. I oh, like I it. like it. It's, it's great. It's great stuff. Makes life wonderfully convenient. In fact, the other day um, I don't know At why this we point. Could, I may just go buy a bidet. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like one of those toilet seats that yeah. has the bidet yeah, yeah, built yeah. in. Yeah, man, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, and then guess what? I don't have to worry about TP. Yeah, and realistically, um, if you're going to do that, they also have ones that have seat warmers as well built in. Think that about that. Sounds like a phenomenal idea. Think about that. Have a toasty seat. Yeah, you ain't sitting down and freezing your, your buns off. No, no, not in the winter time. You know, you, you roll out of bed, it's a little chilly in the house. and then Do, does it, do they have go, cooled ones? You know, I don't for know. the summer? I don't know. I, well, I have, I have a feeling, though, you could, like, almost that, you know what, we should invent that. But I have a feeling, though, that you don't necessarily want a fan blowing up from out of the toilet. Well, I you know wasn't I mean? talking about that. I was like, uh, like, water cool the, uh, okay. the seat. Yeah, water cool. Yeah, we could... <laughs> We could come up with something. We'll, we'll we'll have to brainstorm after this if someone doesn't steal the idea. From, Keith, yeah, we're we're, we're looking. That's at my you. idea. We're, we're looking at you, Keith. <clears throat> um, Wes, yeah, back off, back off of our cold toilet seat idea. <laughs> okay, that's you can ha- you can have ours. the nipstick. I don't care. Yeah, patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I don't understand why, like, because it, it's, I like, I like toilet paper. It's a great, it's a great product, good product, good stuff. I don't know why I've got to defend it or something, but it's something you can live without. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. They did that, for years. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. They use poison ivy leaves. And in the, <laughs> and in the future they do as well. Have you ever seen Demolition Man? You ever no. see that? With uh, Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Stallone? It's phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal movie. Anyone who ever seen it has seen it knows what I'm about to talk about, and that's the seashells. So, um, quick synopsis of the story: um, uh, Sylvester Stallone is a cop. Uh, he gets uh, he gets frozen, uh, cryogenically frozen, and then somehow this like mass murdering like psychopath gets loose because he's from the past as well. He gets he gets unfrozen or thawed out, and, and now it's the future. And so Sylvester Stallone wakes up, and he's got to catch this guy because he caught him before. And he's so he's a guy from the past now in the future. Well, in the future, you know, he goes into the, the bathroom, and he looks around for the toilet paper. There's no toilet paper. There's just three seashells sitting there. And he walks out, and he's in the precinct, and he says, Hey, uh, we, you guys don't have any toilet paper. And the, and the, and everyone looks around. And they're like, he doesn't know how to use the seashells. Or he doesn't know how to use the shells. <laughs> and it never gets explained. The entire movie, <laughs> never, never does the how on earth do, do seashells replace toilet paper? Nobody knows. We'll never know. 
So I don't, know. I, don't <clears throat> I don't think I'd like the idea of uh, a seashell scraping my butt. Well, that's the thing. I don't think it, it doesn't. It just never gets explained. But in the future, they don't use toilet paper. They use seashells. In the past, they've used you know hand your hand, which is absolutely disgusting. Um, How are you going to pull your pants up? Well, that's why you know. That's why in you know most uh, most cultures, it's it, it's improper or offensive right. to offer your left hand for a handshake. Well, that's why they wear dresses, I guess. Or to use your left hand, you know, for whatever reason because that's your wiping hand. I um, mean, and, okay. and and to punish I, I to punish with that. to punish thieves, they would chop off their they would cut off their right hand so that then they have to eat and wipe with the same hand. Well, I ain't shaking my hand. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, I don't know how I don't know how we've come full circle. We almost began this podcast on crap, and we're back to crap again. <laughs> um, but it's it's because of COVID. Now we, we're talking about lack of toilet paper. So the other day, I was in the woods, and nature called. And you had to use your hand. No, I did not. Oh. I'm in the woods, so there's leaves, and I will say this: that leaves are especially in the fall time when leaves are a little bit less. Uh, Less Around. moist and soft, yeah. and they're more dry and crackly. Not as comfortable as toilet paper. I'll, I'll say so that. Did you lose any? Did your finger go through the? No, the no, like tripled up, like tripled oh. up. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not taking did, that risk. Did you leave any? Any? Um, did, did the leaf break at all and leave any? Oh, I have no idea. There. I don't have a. I can't see back there. Um, I, I didn't I feel I didn't like take you might feel that as your cheeks go. Yeah, I didn't feel any. I didn't feel any <laughs> fall residual. <laughs> you used the uh, the fall uh, version, the the fall yeah. brand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I used <laughs> I used nature's own toilet paper. <laughs> nature's own fall version. Um, <laughs> It wasn't you know, sh- 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 <laughs> No, it definitely wasn't ultra soft, I'll tell you that much. It was more like ultra dry and crackly. <clears throat> the ones you got to watch out for, you know, some of those leaves that have that little point at the end? That, yeah, you got to watch. You definitely don't want to go to wipe and discover that that's the type of leaf you're using. <laughs> you go, <"Whoa." laughs> so we got some sort of plant back here on the property. We, uh, uh-huh. we pushed the black van out of the unit. And now that's uh, parked uh, back there. Mm-hmm. And we uh, put the green van inside the v- unit where the uh, black van was. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in the process of pushing it, somehow I brushed up against some this plant that's back there. And it's got these inch-long um, stickers that they got two little prongs that somehow catch you. Uh-huh. And I'm walking around. I walked for probably 15, 20 minutes with these stupid things. I'm going, man, what is that that keeps touching me? And then I turn around. I, I, my whole, the back of my arm, down my side, down my leg of my uh, pants, was covered in these weird-looking stickers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can only imagine. If you're walking <clears throat> through the woods and you... You're like man, I gotta, I gotta wipe, real quick. You grab the leaf off of that thing and get some of them stickers. Oh no! Woo! <laughs> it's extremely loud. Tyler's not wearing headphones, so he doesn't, uh, he doesn't get to participate in how loud that was. I didn't, I didn't have time to react to turn his channel down either. 
<clears throat> I kind of had a feeling that was coming, but still got me. Yeah. Sorry. So I don't understand what... It, well, I'll tell you what this is. What it is is, uh, honestly, I have a feeling that, like, uh, Georgia Pacific and, like, Procter & Gamble um, saw such a huge spike in their... You know, in their toilet paper sales last year, so they're or earlier this year, so they were so like, maybe I need to buy into some Procter Gamble. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. And then <laughs> they turn around and they're like, hey, you know, what happened to the TP craze? Let's uh, let's go ahead and reignite this again. Like that's the only thing that could explain it. I'm telling you, this entire year has been one big giant manipulation. Well, I don't know if it would be a good idea to buy into Procter and Gamble. <clears throat> Why is that? Because uh. They're down drastically from where they're supposed to be at. Oh, well, that, that's the best time to buy, when they're down. I know. They're about to shoot back up, I'm sure, selling all this toilet paper, cleaning supplies, and things of that nature. I mean, Procter & Gamble makes, like, everything. <clears throat> yeah. Whenever I worked uh, the dock there at uh, Rite Aid... Uh-huh. I'd see these boxes come through, Procter Gamble, Procter Gamble. And at first I'm like, man, what is this company, Procter Gamble? And I was right out of high school, so I really yeah. didn't pay attention to brands. Johnson & Johnson is a Procter Gamble company. Yeah. Uh, Arm & Hammer. I mean, like, there's, like, basically any any paper good and household supplies and, like, cleaning supplies, um, it's all Procter & Gamble. And, um... I didn't realize that either until I started driving semi-trucks and I'd go pick up a load from Procter & Gamble. And um, turns out Procter & Gamble has like, um, uh, Procter & Gamble has like, you know, I'd go deliver this load and it's to like a Walmart and they're unloading this trailer and it's got, you know, toilet paper, paper towels, soap, dish soap and all, like all this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, it's all from Procter & And so I looked into it and I'm like, goodness gracious, like it's... It's they like got everything. Yeah, it's like a, a over a hundred companies I think are under the Procter Gamble uh, Procter and Gamble umbrella. Tell you um, what, whoever the CEO is of Procter and Gamble, as time has gone on, it's kind of like uh, Jack Welch with um, whenever he was manager of uh, or manager CEO of uh, GE. <coughs> that mm-hmm. guy, he mastered the. Uh, the whole idea of, um, what's it called? Acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, um, if he doesn't pass uh, because of uh, COVID or some other deal, if you ever want to learn about acquisitions, uh, there's a guy in our church that uh, <clears throat> it, he was a, uh acquisitions guy for Coke. Uh, Tom Klatfelter. Oh, okay. Uh, really cool. He's a so, really cool guy to talk to. And Coca-Cola, which is yeah. probably, you know, you know <laughs> there was a guy at our church that was really good at uh, Coke acquisitions. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> the white kind, you know. Yeah. Um, no, he, uh, he's actually, and when it comes to guns, uh, he's a huge gun enthusiast, hmm. which... Uh, I don't know if you'd ever want that information, but uh, actually, I do know that you do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm a, he's a super cool dude to talk to. I'm a fan of guns, too. It's just unfortunate that all mine got lost in a boating accident. Um, 
it's it's terrible. I gotta quit. I gotta quit taking my entire safe out with me whenever I go out on the boat. Um, <clears throat> now the uh, that's why your boat is always weighed down a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has nothing um, to do with me being on the boat. Nope, I guess. Nope, nope. Uh, it's everything to do with all the firearms. No wonder it takes so long getting out onto the water. Yeah. <laughs> did I tell you? Uh, I don't. I definitely didn't tell the listeners. But did I tell you that my that I took my cat out on the lake on accident? cat yes so a couple weeks ago um it's uh it was actually back whenever uh the girls went on the girl trip cat. <clears throat> i have two cats <clears throat> you just never see them because uh, they don't like to be around ruger mm. um they they usually only come out and hang out around the house at night don't tell me that the cat was up under the in, where you keep the cooler yeah yeah up no upper yeah up under the uh uh, the fishing deck. deck. Yeah. So Saturday night, we I go out with the kids. You know, I was like, you know what, we're gonna go out tomorrow morning anyways, and it, you know, we got a couple hours of sunlight left. Is when the girls were on their girl strip. I was mm-hmm. like, let's take the boat out. So we go out. We're fishing for like you know an hour or something like that. We come back, and since I knew we're going out the next morning, I didn't put the boat in the garage. I just left it attached to the truck <clears throat> in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Um, the next morning we go out and naturally we bring Ruger with us as well because he loves being on the boat. And, um, so Did you lose a cat. Um, no. So we go out and, uh, we did a little bit of fishing near the, the boat ramp and then we go all the way out to the Island cause I'm going to get uh, blinds off of the Island. Mm-hmm. We go all the way out to the Island. We land on that Island and you know, that's like a 15 minute boat ride at least. And, um, and we land on the island, and uh, yeah, I shut up, shut off the motor, and the kids are getting off the boat, and Ruger is hopping off the boat, and I hear a meow, and I go, "Huh, there must be a cat out here on the island. That's kind of weird." And then I hop off the boat, and then I hear meowing again, but now it's behind me, and I go, "Um, that's coming from my boat." <laughs> so I go and I look underneath the fishing deck, and there's a very terrified little cat. <laughs> hanging out and it was a rough day like it was windy so it was a rough boat ride over <laughs> and that dumb cat had no idea whenever he picked a spot to sleep that last night that he was going to get to be towed down the highway at 55 miles an hour oh, no. <laughs> in the back of inside that's the boat. awesome <laughs> and then get put onto a, a very choppy i mean it was choppy enough to where like water was spraying us you know as we're going across the lake and it was a crosswind too so it just <clears throat> it was rough ride out there and I'm like, well, crap, what do I do? I was like, well, I guess I got to leave him down under the under there. Like, I can't get him out from underneath the fishing deck right now because I've got the dog with me. And the last thing I want is the dog and the cat in the boat while we're on the lake. Like, that's just not a good, that's not a, that's not a good equation right there. <laughs> so, so we go out, do our thing on the island, uh, get, get a blind, uh, grab, grab some trail cameras off the island, which now there's, you know, the, I went back another time and we have no more blinds or trail cams up there. Um, but so I, we, we, and then I'm like, well, I'm already out here. The cat's already been traumatized. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to go straight back to the house. So I'm out here. I'm going to fish. Yeah. So the cat hung out underneath the deck and we fished for a while. We caught like, uh, we caught four catfish and a drum, so we caught five fish that we that we were able to put in a the drum? freezer. A drum, it's um, 
it's usually not targeted, uh, but I've grown to enjoy catching them because they're they fight pretty good and they're they're uh, they're they can be tasty. Um, they're not like uh, they're not usually sought after. They're usually bycatch. Hmm. Usually, someone's fishing for something else and accidentally catches a drum, and it really usually upsets them because it, you know they think they've hooked into the bass of a lifetime because they fight so hard. And then you pull the thing up, and it's a drum. Anyhow, um, so we caught some catfish and some drum, filled the cooler up. And I was like, all right, now we can head home. <laughs> and so then I had to get the dumb cat out from underneath the fishing deck because I wasn't about to drive him down the highway again. Um, and that proved to be a huge pain because he went into, like, even below the fishing. Because underneath that fishing deck is the original fishing deck on that boat. And there's a hole about, like, six inches in diameter right that is the only entrance or exit from that spot and he had managed to get himself in there but the dumb cat couldn't figure out how to get out kept coaxing him and kept trying so i had to reach my hand in there and i had to eventually coax him to and i now granted i can't hardly fit in there because underneath fishing decks too small mm-hmm. so i'm just reaching and finally get him yank him through the hole and then i have to put him in the back of the truck in the camper uh, shell because uh, we've got the dog with us in the cab. So then when we get home, the dumb cat had managed to go all the way up underneath my bed slide shelf and go to the very front of my truck bed. So then I had to fish the dumb thing out of there. Needless to say, I don't think that cat's ever going to take a nap on my boat ever again. <clears throat> I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's learned his lesson. So, um, so yeah, that's the, um, uh, that that's a little story about the day that I took my catfishing <laughs> for catfish. Um, but anyhow, so this year has panned out to be one big giant manipulation. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what, that's what, that's what I kind of want to get across to you listeners right now Tyler had to take a phone call um so that's why there there was a quick transition there as I were done, was done with that story anyways and now I'm gonna go on a monologue here because I don't have dialogue because dialogue requires two and now I'm going on a rabbit trail so here's the thing if like if we can't accept that like we we have to people have to pay attention and what bothers me a lot about the fact that that we're in this situation in the first place, one big giant manipulation over a virus that has a 99.6% or 99.96% um, uh, uh, survival rate, recovery rate. And it's not to say that it doesn't exist or it doesn't have bad, you know, can't doesn't have bad implications. It's just that we can't, we can't shut down our country over this, over something like this, because then you set a precedence to allow the country to be shut down for lesser things, for other things, or for things of greater, you know, greater concern, like the flu. <clears throat> the flu is a big concern. It kills a lot of people. I get concerned with the flu every single year because of my son, that I don't want to catch it, because he ha- could have a tendency to develop like a secondary infection, and that wouldn't be good for him. So the... The concern that I have is that we're we're allowing we're we're allowing this to take place, and at some point a line has to be drawn, 
and the line has to be drawn to prevent our liberties to continually be taken away and further and further and further. Now, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist entirely and say that this election was complete, like there was, there was fraud going on in the election. It just, to me, is hard to believe that 78 million people voted for a guy who can barely string two sentences together. I don't care how much you hate uh, President Trump. It doesn't make any logical sense that we have, I mean, no presidential candidate in the history of the U.S. has received that many votes. And the guy that can't string two sentences together is the one that has, has, has taken the record on that. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, you use your brains and think. Just think about the fact that more people in the history of the U.S. ever have, have, have voted for uh, Biden. Can, can you really believe that? That's where it becomes tough to believe. Because, and it's not, I, I'm not saying that because of you know, any bias that I have. If anything, the only bias I have is that I'm optimistic and I believe that the American people are smarter than that. And I can't believe that, you know, a, a huge chunk of our population legitimately believes that he would make for a good president. Because his track record has shown that he, he, he doesn't, he isn't a good president. There's no way that anybody in their right mind... I mean, I could see... I could conservatives... See, are in the right mind. I could uh, see liberals 40 are never in the right mind. I could see forty million votes. <coughs> I could see fifty million. But the most votes so, for any presidential candidate in the history of the U.S. Have you seen the uh, the deal about Cindy, Cindy or Sydney Powell? Uh, said that uh, with all the fraud uh, in Georgia and Wyoming and Michigan and Pennsylvania. <coughs> There's a high possibility that Trump actually got closer to 80 million votes. Hmm. And that, and that would break the record for the most votes in the history of the U.S. for so, any single presidential candidate. Being the fact that he's got supposedly 80 million votes, it kind of makes me excited because that says that he... There's a high possibility. Not only did, I mean, with their voter fraud to Trump, uh, Biden, uh, Trump up his votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump really technically, even with their trumping up his uh, trumping up Biden's votes, he still could have possibly won if they'd have just pushed through all of. Trump's votes. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. It is, and and I feel like I feel like I guarantee you. I mean, I think COVID's real, and and I'm not even gonna go as far as saying that there's a there's a that it's a biological weapon that was released on purpose. It may have been, but the the reality is is I think that no matter how it came about, I think that it it was. Um, it was it was definitely a crisis that was taken advantage of. People people took advantage of this, and and when they and and the especially the liberals the liberals have 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 twisted it to to fit their purpose. And and it's not just liberals. It's all, it's it's on both sides. I mean the the stimulus uh, bill that that passed the the CARES Act. 
it it was um I mean there was there was things on both sides that people took advantage of and it was I mean you think about this 2.2 trillion dollar bill and the uh, American citizens received 1200 bucks a piece you know yeah you know that's that's a lot of money that went a lot but of a places lot of it- a lot of it went to the liberals and their uh, their specific. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and some of it went wants. to some of it went to Republican, uh, you know, uh, things like uh, like. Well, and not to mention, like for instance, um, the S- uh, Small Business Administration and the Payroll Protection Plan and all this stuff. Like they went to fund programs. That would be. They went to fund programs that are, that are that, that are being their their loans. They're getting paid back with interest. You know, like like the smartest thing to have done would have been if we were passing two point two trillion dollars, would to have just been give it all to the American citizens, and that's that. Because then it would have stimulated the economy. Businesses wouldn't have needed small business loans. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have needed. Wouldn't have needed to cause... economic injury disaster loans or payroll protection plan loans or anything like that. Right. This has all been one big giant manipulation, and yeah. people need to pay attention to that. So. Yeah. But that is our cue. Kids are showing up, so we probably need to call children, it a day. Children have arrived, so it is time to head on out of here. So um, until next time. Um, I guess next week. Next week, y'all will hear from us once again. Adios. Adios.